Welcome to Right to Food. I'm Beth. I'm part of a team of young ambassadors from across the country working with the Food Foundation to create better access to good, healthy food for every child. We ambassadors have a vision and we've written the Children's Right to Food Charter calling for government action to tackle children's food insecurity and obesity. This week, we're back in the heady days of summer to look at some of the holiday activity programmes which gave so many kids this year a chance to get at least one good meal a day. They're having you know, meals, they've got hot meals there prepared for them. And the, it's one of the main things actually, because at home it's not guaranteed that they've, that they've got that. But it's way more than a good meal that the kids are getting from the government's holiday activity fund. Aisha is one of the teachers from Marcus Rashford's old primary school in Button Lane, Manchester, where the kids have been arriving for holiday club. The atmosphere has been great. There's been a buzz as soon as half eight hit and we opened our doors. Children have been coming in. They're so happy to see friends. I think there's a slight excitement of being at school during a holiday as well um, and seeing their teachers during a holiday. Um, they're just happy, just wanted to get involved um, and super excited. So we've got lots of clubs happening. Uh, we've got bushcraft, we've got story writing, we've got um, some wow zone, which involves a lot of like ICT skills. And yeah, and I think a lot of sporting activities as well. So we're uh, doing a forest school taster session with the kids who wouldn't normally get um, a chance to do this kind of thing at home. Uh, there's not that many wo- wooded areas around here. Um, so we're doing things like uh, scavenger hunts in the woods, um, as well as looking for mini beasts and just having fun really. Um, trying to give them um, kind of an insight into what it's like to be in a woodland environment. It's looking for things like feathers and learning different types of uh, leaf, names of leaves, uh, looking for different types of rocks. We found some, some worms this morning, some beetle larvae. So, yeah, mo- most kids have never even seen a beetle larvae before. So, yeah, just, just getting them uh, their knowledge, to kind of opening up a bit about the natural environment and uh, what it means to be outside. Aisha is leading the debating club. I absolutely love debating. I think it's a fantastic tool for children to learn. You're always going to have to need the skills of debating. Um, it involves a lot of critical thinking um, and also shows the children the power of their voice and how the voice is their strongest tool that they have. And they all have it. Everyone has a voice. Um, but being shown how to use it in the most effective way is such a phenomenal thing to carry in the future. Clubs like this and schemes like this really help to address the widening gap between education and employment. We know our children are talented. We know they have skills. But without giving them opportunities like this, we don't get to enhance them. The Holiday Activity Programme is on offer all over the country. Louise Nichols is the executive head teacher of the LEAP Federation in London. We've been running holiday activities for a full range of children from age four upwards to 11 year olds. Uh, we've been, they've been doing kung fu, they've been doing cookery, they've been doing dance, and they've been doing lots of active things as well as the social emotional things to do with being together. So they are actually getting to talk to each other and see each other and see familiar adults and be in a very familiar environment in it's their local school. And I think it's really important that local schools act as hubs for the community. And by being a hub for this community, we can, the children and the parents feel safe coming here in their holidays. The holiday clubs are funded by the government and delivered by a variety of providers, including street games in Manchester. Claire Wilson told us how it works. 
At Street Games, we provide uh, opportunities for uh, clubs to, to grow. Um, we will help them to uh, apply for funding opportunities to help them to deliver projects. We have a training academy so that there's a whole range of training that they can access. Some of that will be fairly basic and some of it is accredited nationally. So they can come in and join us at whatever level they wish to. Uh, on top of that, we provide uh, festivals, we'll bring people together and we work on what young people want. So whilst our name's Street Games, we also will work with music, arts, crafts, we do cooking, whatever young people are interested in, we'll support the organisations to provide that. Um, this whole programme of Holiday Hubs is going to be a game changer really in terms of continuity throughout the school year. Um, in Manchester there's over 30,000 children who are on free school meals so it means that they're going to have opportunities the same as anybody else. Although these programmes are open to everybody it does mean that everybody has the same opportunity to get involved. Um, in terms of the impact on young people, it means then that we're, we're hopefully going to reduce social isolation. Uh, hopefully we're going to make sure that educational attainment is achieved so that they're not starting back after a long summer holiday, uh, starting be below the level at which they ended in the summer. Uh, but the biggest point will be the continuity. Schools, children and community programmes will, will be able to plan ahead. And at the moment, it's very much hit and miss. The programme is the response to the real issue of holiday hunger in England. Children who benefit from free school meals during term time often struggle to eat well in the holidays. By providing at least one meal a day at holiday clubs, it means that kids don't have to go hungry. For parents like Michelle and Sarah who have to work through the holidays, their kids are well fed and looked after. They told us what they'd be doing if they weren't at Button Lane today. Be at home, sat on an iPad, on his Xbox or his Switch gaming not doing much to be honest because all he does is eats us out of house at home and it's important that he comes there and he has a meal or something to eat something small it just gives him his own mindset his own bit of time and a bit of time for me as well it means a lot that she can come here and see her friends and have food and have fun and not be just bored on the phones 24 7. marcus rashford is still a regular visitor to his old primary school at button lane and knows all about holiday hunger I can only go back to my own experiences and what I would have been doing if I didn't have things there like youth, youth centres and stuff where me and my friends could go and play in a safe environment. Um, and obviously when they go there, they're having you know meals, they've got hot meals there prepared for them. And the, it's one of the main things actually because at home it's not guaranteed that they've, that they've got that. Um, you know, throughout the holidays, that was a difficult time for, for myself and my family. Um, so the fact that it's, they've got that opportunity there throughout the holidays, it's, it's massive for the, for the kids, you know. And, and hopefully the government can see the, the benefits um, that the children are getting from that. Um, you know, that case, if they do see that, it's going to continue for, for a long period of time, which, you know, at the, at the beginning of everything, that's got to be the aim. It's got to be sustainability for a long, a long period of time. Emma Roberts is the head teacher at Button Lane. So Marcus has experienced feeling hungry at school um, and knowing that your, your dinner is a really important part of the day to get you through the day. And we all know that uh, if children are fed well, they're going to thrive, they're going to be able to learn. And it's just, you know, amazing to think that he hasn't forgotten that. Despite the life he's living now, he's here fighting the corner of children that come to schools that he came to and making sure that they're not going hungry and that this is not, you know, this doesn't continue, that children are fed well and therefore thrive. 
So the fact that the government have recognised that there is a need for, for this type of activity in, in areas like this is, is, is a great start. But what really needs to happen is that this continues, and it's not just this year, it's next year, and it's all the years after that, so that children uh, are... There's equal opportunities for all children, no matter uh, where you're born or, or you know, which school you go to. June Kelly, MBA, founded the Multicultural Activity Programme Abraham Moss Warriors back in 2000 for kids from Cheetan and Crempsall in North Manchester. The 2021 summer scheme was made possible by the Government Holiday Activity Fund, which gave young children who would normally be on free school meals during term time 31 days of healthy meals during the holiday. We've targeted children really that have been on low self-esteem or low confidence or suffering from social isolation, but they all must be on free school meals. So the idea of the programme was that a lot of children felt uh, last year when they were going to pick up the packed lunches from school, there was a bit of a stigma attached to that because other children would be seeing them and, and just literally seeing them going into school, picking up a dinner and then coming home. And like would be like calling them poor and calling them names. So, you know, we wanted to have more of a uh, activity programme around uh, getting the lunches. So that, that come the lunches was seen as a positive as part of a wider program. So we we contacted uh, the HALF program to see if we could get some funding to do some trips. And we kind of came up with a wish list of lots of activities that the children wanted to do, um, ranging from going to the beach, uh, going to museums, um, going to the theatre, uh, the countryside. We've just done a whole mixture of activities, really, and, and then tried to uh, make it fun and educational at the same time. And it's really made such a difference. The children's confidence on the first week was really quiet. They were really low confidence, really quiet, not really speaking to each other. And by the end of the program, there was no stopping them. They were just so outgoing and so confident in just a space of like five and a half weeks. Ibrahim, how was the play scheme? Yeah, it was fun. It was like a book full of chapters. We've been on many places, like we had a football centre, trampolines, and Gulliver's World. Especially yeah. the ride that went up and down, that dropped from the air. Yeah. That was really fun. The yeah, the beach was fun. Okay, and what do you think about the food? Yeah, the food was nice and healthy. I'm a fan of tuna, especially with uh, combined with cucumber. So it it was it was really nice. Okay. Are you thinking to go back to the play scheme again whenever you get a chance? Yeah, because I really like the play scheme because it's full of many adventures to explore and we went all over England mostly. Okay, and what about, do you, do you make friends, new friends? Yeah, I made lots of new friends. So I really enjoyed the fact that we got to get outside more and explore different places and try out dif- different foods and uh, uh, places like Challenge for Change in Peak District, it helped learn new skills and um, we, I made uh, some new friends as well. The best uh, place I've been to, that was the second day, the fun fair at Heaton Park. Because I overcame my fears of uh, rides, scary rides. I tried a really scary a ride I was scared of. I tried that and I thought I can do any ride ever in the world. Aisha Mohammed. Aisha! Samaya asked her kids about their summer. Did you like going on the trips? Yeah. What was your best trip, Aisha? Oh, the fun fair, the park. Going on the water and skipping 
And how about the food? Would you eat the same sandwiches again yes, when you yes, go on yes, the... Yes, it's really healthy. I know. It's healthy and nice. It's healthy. It's a very healthy sandwich. It's so tasty. Once I started eating it, I got used to it. I started liking it more. You know, all the other flavors and all that. that I wouldn't mind. I ate the whole sandwich. I didn't mind. You didn't mind? What did you not, what did you not like in the sandwiches or what you didn't like about sandwiches? Oh, the tomatoes! You didn't like the tomatoes? How about lettuce, cucumber? No, the cheese salad doesn't like too, too much of lettuce. And then, like, it gets in my mouth, and I know that. I'm going to take some of the lettuce out. And then it's like... Only some, or all of it? Just some. Okay. Most importantly of all, is they're also getting a healthy dinner. Because there are lots of uh, salads on the sandwiches. Uh, getting different types of bread each day. The children have to have a different flavour. So over the week, they've just tried six different flavours. Um, you know, they can have the same flavour. So like every Monday, they can have the same one, etc. But over the week, they've had to try the different flavour. So it's, it's just giving them different opportunities to try things. We've also tried lots of different fruits and, and fruit tasting, which was very successful. And the children are all starting to eat much more. Um you know, children initially didn't really want the salad on it, but when they're seeing that all their peers are eating it as well, um, then they've they really enjoyed it and said that that's been one of the highlights is how nice the, the food has actually been. Right. Can you tell me about the activities we did in the play scheme? Uh, like all the trips? Like we went to the fun fair the, and the beach too. Oh. I like the fun fair as well, but... Oh, I love the bouncy castles on Wednesday. For Alia, the holiday club hasn't just given her three children a summer to remember, but the whole family a much-needed break. I got three kids. All three of them, they are special needs. Uh, especially my daughter, she's uh, she's 15, and uh, her needs are quite high. Like Especially my boy, the second one, my boy, he's autistic, so he's diagnosed autistic, and my daughter, she's seven, Maha, she is not been diagnosed, but she got the SEN support at school as well. So home life is really very tough, and uh, especially holidays. We um, I try my best to to keep them busy as much as I can because three of them have totally different needs. Uh, especially Radia and Saleh, they they both older, so they opposite of each other. Whatever Radia likes, Saleh is opposite of it. So it's quite conflict at home, especially when you go even holidays. Holiday, we couldn't enjoy it as much. Whatever Sally like, Radia doesn't like it. Then choosing the which activity we do, uh, a small little uh, things get argument and sometimes get a big fight, like a battlefield in home. And uh, whole family get affected a lot. Because Radia is aggressive, she has behavior problems as well. And she physically aggressive as well. And sometimes I have no choice be... Just go in my room, lock the room and just cry, do nothing. June is used to working with kids across the whole spectrum of behavioural needs. And it's also helped with the parents because we've taken on um, special needs children as part of the uh, activity programme. Uh, and there's one boy, for example, who um, is autistic and would struggle to, to any type of noise situations. His mum was saying we find it really difficult, but he settled in really well. And then as the weeks have gone on, he's grown in his own confidence as well. Um, so that by week one, we went to the peat district and went to the water. He, he didn't want to go anywhere near the water. But by week five, when we went back to the beach again, he's there having water fights in the sea. 
like everybody else. And, you know, his mum didn't think that would be possible after like the first week. And with three children with very different needs, feeding them all on a low income can be quite a challenge. Yeah, it's actually very hard, but I try my best to manage it because um, the things, again, uh, uh, with, with Radia, I, I try to uh, restrict her food. So when they go out and about, I need to be very careful. I just get the food, whatever I've been cooked at home, or like a snack or something. So we have to spend money carefully because if they want ice cream, wear ice cream. So I'm not going to go ice cream. I say, no, no, we, we go get ice cream from Asda. So one pound is the four cones inside. So we can share instead of I buy £2.50 from ice cream van. And when you're on a low income, it's really hard to say no to your child. Oh my God. You're feeling inside. I don't know. I guilty myself like sometimes I try to cut my own thing but if I need any shoes or something I don't buy it like I I thinking like no I can save this money for for something else like for my children and thing uh if I need to do uh to do go do my hair or something I I, I I'm thinking no it's not necessary I don't need to do it so I just uh, just save that money like you know and my son he's even though he's autistic but sometimes he questioned me why can't we have that but other children have that it's very hard to answer it sometimes gp dot pandora frost understands the enormous pressures on parents on low income and the role that holiday clubs can play it's it's a huge pressure on the parents obviously especially for parents where they're trying to work and the children are at home so that the finances go up uh, hugely they've got to try and find childcare. they've got to try and source um you know activities for the children to do which can be very expensive these days try and keep them entertained but also feed them three meals a day plus snacks and often there's multiple children in the house and that can be a huge cost to to parents and i think you know they have to try and find a way to afford these things and sometimes uh one parent will stop working and then this can lead to all sorts of mental health issues within the family isolation for the family and it can be a really trying time so obviously those holiday clubs are really hugely important because they provide both the aspect of um food preparation meals and they do often do three meals a day in these in these clubs as well as all the social activities which are often very physical and great for young children. So it provides all sorts of benefits for them, really. She sees families at a surgery where young children are having to take responsibility for feeding their even younger siblings, often when there's very little in the cupboard. I mean, hugely stressful for them. It's it's a responsibility that you wouldn't really expect a child of eight or ten to have, but it, it really does happen and it, it's happening right now. Um, and not knowing where they're going to get that food from and then going into the cupboards and it being the basic things like crisps and chocolates and things. And often a hungry child will then eat those things that aren't good for you and they're not providing them with the right nutrition and energy balance that they need through the day. And um, it's hugely stressful. And then eating those foods that aren't good for you, of course, causes the body more stress anyway. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle for for these kids, unfortunately. The Holiday Activity Fund means that these kids could have at least one healthy meal a day when they're not in school. We know, especially as healthcare workers and people that work in the community, that this these three meals a day are just not happening, especially during the holidays. And holiday hunger really does exist. It's so important for them to have the right foods. It allows them to 
concentrate well, to function well, to be less stressed, to sleep well. It, it, you know, it maintains a good, hopefully a good body weight and all of those things and helps them to be physical. And all of those factors come together to allow a child to be healthy and, um, you know, to have, in a way, to have good mental health as well. Um, and without those things, you know, the very basic things, it's it's quite easy for a child to fall behind or, you know, not be well in many ways. So all of those factors play an important role in, in a child's welfare. It's vital that the Holiday Activity Fund continues to support families on low incomes. Claire Wilson from Street Games. There's a gap in provision during the school holidays where, you know, because the money's not there and the, the, the families, through no fault of their own, are struggling to bridge the gap. Children are going hungry. So uh, the government supplying these, these funds for uh, the, the school holidays will help families and schools to ensure that children are active through the school holidays, that their uh, educational attainments are, are maintained uh, and there's continuity throughout the year. I mean, that, I think that's the biggest issue, that the continuity that this money will bring. Parents are, are having to reduce the number of choices that they make in terms of, you know, how they can support their children and their family. At the end of the day, if, if bills are there to be paid and parents have to make the choice of whether they eat that week, and in particular the parents often go without food and often go without meals, uh, they, ha- they have to prioritise how they keep a roof over everybody's head. And for most families, that's the main priority, keeping a roof over the head and keeping the family together. So therefore, when the bills are in, that will be the priority. And food, unfortunately, and activities for children or money for activities for children to be involved in are very, very low on the list. So this opportunity, this funding will make a huge difference to those families in terms of how they engage with with other families and and their community. Emma Roberts has seen how Covid has revealed the gaps in the food system for so many people living in food insecurity. Yeah I think I think with Covid you know again you know people were on who were on zero hours contract have not had any work people have lost their jobs and you know with children being at home um every day, all day. We all know that children eat more, um, the heating needs to be on, electricity. So money is being used in, in in different ways that it wasn't before. So, you know, electricity bills are higher, heating bills are higher. You know, children, you might give children breakfast and then suddenly a couple of hours later they're hungry again and, you know, cupboards get bare. You know, so the money just isn't there to, to accommodate all of that. So it has massively impacted uh, our families and we've seen a rise in parents coming to us asking for food bank vouchers or directing directing them to where they, they can get some further support. Over the pandemic uh, we had staff members going out, going to the food bank getting parcels of, of food, uh, uh, breakfast parcels and going to deliver them to um, families. The problem is that some people don't like to say Sometimes, you know, so we've, we kind of always say, just tell us and we can, we can find a way to help you out. Cause I think for a lot of people, it's knowing who to ask and where to go to find that help. And in the school, we, we are, you know, that's that important point that can direct them up to, to, to get the support that they need. But we've definitely had a rise in people needing support. And with so many holiday activity funded programs taking place in schools, families can build stronger bonds with staff like Emma Roberts at Button Lane, and tackle some of the biggest issues facing their children. There's that, that free school meal stigma, um, and actually what people don't realise is that a lot of people are in that same situation. And at school, you know, just 
we try to say, come and ask for help because we can help. And we try to break down those barriers that it doesn't mean it's going on the newsletter and everybody else knows about it. It's a private conversation where we can get the help and support that, that people uh, most desperately need. It's really difficult for, for all of our families. You know, some of our families are, go, are finding work, going to work, but they might be on zero-hour contracts or working part-time. Um, and, for, and school meals are expensive, um, so if they've got to pay for school meals, that's taking up a fair proportion of 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 their earnings. Even a pat lunch is expensive to make. Um, we always try to educate on what's a, what's a good pat lunch and you know what what should be in it. Um, but you can see that sometimes you know it's you know what's left in the cupboard. If somebody come or somebody might come without some sandwiches, and we always make them something in in the canteen so they don't go hungry. We always pride ourselves on making sure that they've had a, a, a good meal when they're with us at school. And, you know, if we have to subsidise a pet lunch, then, then we will do. Um, but it's really important, we think, that, that they get a meal in school that is of good quality. Dr Panzoa Frost says that making sure that all children have access to healthy meals throughout the holidays is a moral and social responsibility. In society, starting with our children is the most important and beneficial thing we can do and obviously there's so many factors involved in that but food is one of the very basic things that we should be able to do three meals a day sounds so basic to us but for so many families that's just not happening and if we can provide those meals or support families to provide those meals and if those meals are nutritious and help the children with growing and growing up to be strong and healthy then that's one of the best things we can do in society and for Aisha, back at Button Lane, it's an investment in the future for all of us. I really hope the government continues to fund programmes and schemes like this. Our children deserve equal opportunities as the rest of the children you know, across the country. Um, it only enriches their skills and makes them better. They learn today to become the leaders of tomorrow. You can follow our campaign to make sure that every child in the UK has access to healthy, affordable food. And get involved by following the hashtag right now, that's W-R-I-T-E, on the Food Foundation's social media. Thank you for listening.